Welcome to episode number 18 of the Raising Mums podcast. Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. And welcome to another episode of Raising Mums. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing homeschool poetry. Why bother? Um, And so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Gemma Elizabeth. I am the founder of OurMuslimHomeschool.com and I host this podcast, Raising Mums. And this streams live every week on Facebook and Instagram on the Our Muslim Homeschool pages. Um, and then I upload it later onto YouTube so that you can rewatch it. It'll also be on my blog, OurMuslimHomeschool.com, if you want to go back and watch these videos again. And if, like me, you prefer to listen to this um, while you're on the go, while you're folding laundry, uh, while you're doing the dishes, then it's available as a podcast, Raising Mums, so check that out. Um, and as we go along, feel free to ask questions, um, feel free to you know, make your, um, put your input into the conversation, talk to one another, ask some questions. I will make time at the end to go through any questions and if I can, inshallah, I will answer them for you. Um, and tag your friends as we go along. Um, I think on Instagram you can swipe one way and you can tag your friends so they can join in live. Um, and if you're here on Facebook, you can just um, tag them in the comments below. So, Before we get into the conversation, let me just introduce our sponsor for today's episode. Our sponsor for today is wordunited.com. Word United are an online retailer and they sell educational resources, which includes books and toys. They also publish books. Um, But today they asked me to highlight their early years resources. And that includes sensory toys, wooden toys, and eco toys. You can explore their toys and books that promote areas of learning through play for children from birth to five years old. And those areas include communication, pre-writing, fine motor skills, numeracy, imaginative play, sensory and messy play, construction, and more. Uh, And I mentioned previously that if you head over to their website, um, wordunited.com forward slash resources, they have a free resources hub where there are hundreds of free educational resources that you can go through, that you can check out and use with your family, inshallah. It's really excellently done. Um, And home educators get 10% off every time you purchase with the discount code WU4HOMEED. If you're watching on Facebook, that code and the link for that is with this video, underneath the video. Welcome, Salam Fatima. Thank you for joining us today. Um, And if you're on Instagram, I don't know if someone can type this in for me. It's wu for home ed, all lowercase, and the four is the actual number four, and that's at wordunited.com. Right, so let's get into today's episode. Homeschooling, homeschool poetry, right? Why bother? Now, the fact is most of us and our experience of poetry, if it was anything like mine, was either that poetry bored you at school, it was boring, and you did not look forward to it, or you have very little experience of it, and you're very nervous. It's something that you're a little bit scared of and a little bit intimidated by, and you certainly don't know how to do it with your kids. And the fact that you're watching this video right now um, means that you know something went wrong. Something went wrong either in your education or somewhere in your upbringing, which means you don't know how to do poetry. You don't know what it's all about, but you don't want the same thing for your children. And you know that's a sign that you're a great mum, 
You know, even if your education was brilliant, you want your children's education to be even better. Um, and, you know, if you've been watching me on uh, Instagram or Facebook for any length of time, you will have seen that poetry has become a part of our daily homeschooling routine. Um, and I think that's confused quite a few of you. I get people reaching out to me all the time asking me why I put so much emphasis on poetry. And I get it. I get that that's weird um, to many of you because there are so many other things that we have to learn for the children have to learn. There are so many things that um, that we we need to put emphasis on. Why poetry of all things? You know, people have asked me, what is poetry for? You know, and you might be thinking the same thing today watching this. What is poetry for? Someone asked me the other day, uh, Gemma, why do you read so much poetry? Um, so you know what, I think we'll start, we'll start there. So poetry is essentially an art form. It's a way that the artists express themselves through words. So you could actually ask, you know, not just what's poetry for, but what's art for? Why do you put so much focus on the arts in your homeschool? And I get it, I get why you're asking that. Because in our education, there was very little emphasis on the arts. Um, and it kind of reflects the way that, that life is today, this utilitarian view that modern life has, that everything that we do, not just education, but everything needs to be useful and practical rather than beautiful. You know, it's this idea that if it's beautiful, well, you know, that's nice, but it's not important. What's important is that it's practical. Um, and if poetry doesn't have a practical purpose, then it's not worthwhile. Yes. Will poetry teach your children, you know, improve their vocabulary? Yes, it definitely will. Will it help them with grammar and um, spelling? Probably. You know, will it give them a greater mastery of the English language? Yes, most certainly. But that's not why we do it. Poetry moves the heart. That's the way we've been made, all of us, that words move the heart. When the Quran was sent down, when the Quran was revealed, what was the prophet, peace be upon him, accused of? He was accused of being a poet. He was accused of being a poet because the Quran has the feel and the sound of poetry. It's not poetry. It's something much, much greater than poetry. It's a divine word, but it has that feel. And that is how Allah chose to communicate with us through these poetic, beautiful words, because that's the way he created us, that words touch the heart. They penetrate deep. They have the ability to move us, to change us, to change the listener. And it's through words that we can remember God. And poetry has essentially the same effect. It's to a lesser extent, of course, in the Quran, but the poetry can help your children to remember God. Uh, in the same way that if you go outside and you, you, you and your children look at a beautiful blooming flower in the garden or a sunset, you remember Allah. And likewise, if you hear beautiful words, you remember Allah. And children are more perceptive than we are. Children are far more perceptive and in tune to these feelings of awe um, than as adults. They feel that deeply. They feel that inspiration very, very deeply. Um, and over time, those feelings of awe, they can lessen. They certainly do. And maybe that's because of the way we were raised. Maybe it's because of the education we received. But it's in your children, you will have seen that, that they are amazed and in awe and inspired when they see something beautiful and when they hear something beautiful. And poetry can teach 
greater morals. Um, you know, Charlotte Mason focused a lot on her heroic poetry in the later years. She said that poetry is perhaps the most searching and intimate of our teachers. Poetry supplies us with the tools for modeling our lives and the use of these we must get at ourselves. And that is from her fourth volume. So how do you start? How do you start with poetry? If you you know, if you're completely new at this and you don't know where to start, what do you do? You start by collecting a few books, a few poetry books, anthologies, collections of poetry from various authors. If they're illustrated, that's even better because more often than not, that will attract your children in. And children will get excited as you bring new books in and you might get excited as you collect a few more books. And I will show you some examples of books that I recommend at the end. And I've got a list for you. If you're on Facebook, um, there is a link. There are links to all the ones that I recommend with this video. Um, and if you're watching on the replay, it's underneath the video as well. So um, start by collecting a few books. And every day, read one poem. That's it. Just read one poem. If you're starting out, start with the shorter ones. And this is important because when you read something every day, you show your children that it's important. And you show them um, every day that you value this thing and that there's something in it. And even if you're new at this, you're showing them that, okay, I don't get this. I'm not sure about this, but I know there's something good in this. So let's go on this journey together. Let's learn this together. And that is a powerful thing, a very powerful thing to teach your children. And another great way of getting your kids into poetry is to give them some choice. Let them pick the poems, maybe not every day, but have a day or two a week where they get to pick a poem that has spoken to them, that has moved them. And they can read it aloud if they're able, or you read it to them. There's this movement that was big maybe a year or two ago called Poetry Tea Time. And many of you might be aware of that. I would definitely recommend you check that out. Um, just do hashtag Poetry Tea Time and you'll get a whole ton of um, of different ideas and, and, and explanation, explanation of what Poetry Tea Time is. Welcome, Salam Nadia. Thank you for joining us. Right, so... But above all, above all, above all of those things, collecting books, giving children choice, reading one a day, what I want to really enforce with you today is that delight must come first before you ever take a poem apart. You know, it doesn't matter what age your children are and what age you're starting out. Do not begin by dissecting and analysing a poem, by pulling it to pieces and analysing the rhyming scheme and the, the rhythm of it. Instead, allow your children to appreciate it and take the whole in. And unfortunately, that's the experience that many of us had at school. And I know I certainly did. At maybe 13 or 14, I had very little experience of poetry, went to English class. And what did we do? We got given a big, long war poem. And we had to break it apart. We had to look at the rhyming scheme. We had to dissect it and analyse it. And it was painful because I didn't have that appreciation for poetry before. So I'm going to give you an example and it might sound a little bit silly, but let's just go with me. OK, let's say your whole childhood, you never had cake. OK, <laughs> how would that happen? But let's just say you never, ever had cake. You never learn as a child that it is something wonderful. You're, you never learn how delicious it can be. You never learn that every time something wonderful happens as a celebration, cake comes out. You never learned that cake is something to look forward to and something beautiful. But instead, the first time you encountered cake, you were told not to enjoy it in its fullness, not to enjoy it in its entirety, but to take it apart bit by bit and analyse it. You were asked, you know, why did the chef 
use the blue icing instead of the red icing? Or what motivated his choice to use this filling instead of um, jam in this sponge? Or, um, you know, what is this type of cake? And what characteristics of this cake tell us it's that kind of cake? Can you see how ridiculous that is? And how that would absolutely destroy your ch child's possibility of ever loving cake? They've missed out on this opportunity um, because they didn't come from a background where they knew about cake, right? So let's put this to poetry, okay? If, you're, if your children come from a background where they know about poetry, and then you get to a point when they're older, and you can dissect and analyse what's what the poet's doing, then yes, it will deepen your child's love for poetry. It will um, increase their interest in poetry because they have that background. But if they've never come across poetry or they have very little experience with it, you are destroying their, the possibility that they will fall in love with it, that they will see the beauty in those words and that they will delight in it. So first and foremost, before you ever think about dissecting and analysing a poem, make sure that they love them first. Um, and I, as a mom, especially if you're not experienced with poetry, that can be very freeing. That can be very liberating to know that you don't need to teach the poetry. You just read it and let the poem be the teacher. That's all you need to do for years and years. And having done that for year upon year, um, every day, inshallah, then you will get to a point where you're quite confident and you've learned quite a lot. And the idea of analysing and dissecting a poem is not so alien and, and weird to you. You're both starting off at a very similar place. Um, and just let the poem be the teacher. Uh, and it's also worth pointing out before we move on that poetry really is meant to be read aloud. You can read it silently to yourself um, or your children can read it silently to themselves. But really the full joy and the full enjoyment from uh, poetry is comes when you read it out loud because you hear the words rolling off your tongue um, and it's so much more enjoyable. Um, so to start off with, if you have little kids, poetry literally is nursery rhymes it's nothing fancy you know twinkle twinkle little star and little boy blue uh little miss muffets those are all poems uh, and the typically what they're called if you're not familiar is mother goose so if you look up mother goose uh, on amazon and you'll find some we had the one um called tommy's little mother goose that was really nice and um, also if you have young kids under the age of six i recommend the poems by a.a a. milne and um, they're called the, the, the various different books. The first one is called When We Were Very Young and the next one is called Now We Are Six. Beautiful poems for kids. Absolutely recommend them. Um, and there's a few more that I've recommended as well. If you're on Facebook, they're all listed below. What have I got here? Oh yeah, I recommended this one the other day on a live. This is called All the Silver Pennies. And again, this is a collection of poems um, from various different authors made for children. A few cute little illustrations one a day and just let the poet let the poem be the teacher um, and as your your children get used to it as your children get into poetry and start to get used to the language and the rhythm and they start to enjoy it then you might want to focus on just one poet at a time so that your children and you learn how that poet writes you become familiar with that poet's style so for example uh, Christina Rossetti is a very famous children's poet and she has some books that I've recommended as well and this one we got recently and it's beautiful okay not only are the poems beautiful the book is absolutely stunning first of all it's huge can you see how big that is it's massive <laughs> and that is going to get your kids so excited when you pull down this ginormous book off the shelf and it's beautifully made inside if I, if I can carry it and lift it up 
Oh dear. So basically the idea of the lost words is that um, it's poems about words that children have forgotten the meaning of. And they're all words about nature. So for example, Heather, here we've got Heather. Oh, it's so big. Okay. So there's a beautiful poem about Heather, beautiful illustrations, and it's huge. So there's, I think there's Adder in there, uh, Magpie, all nature-related poetry. And the idea is to bring back to life these words that um, have been lost from the English language, have been lost from children's knowledge. It's a really, really beautiful book. It's by Robert McFarlane, The Lost Words. Um, so I'd highly recommend that one as well. And that's sure to capture your children's attention um, when you bring that down off the shelf. So, you know, you maybe you were bored by poetry at school and maybe, you know, you've had very little experience of it and it's something that intimidates you. Um, and I, I, I can relate to that because that was my experience, you know, but I've been doing this for quite a long time now. And I can say from my own experience that little by little, my confidence in poetry has grown. Um, and now I've come to a point where I literally, if I'm feeling a bit low or I'm feeling like I need a bit of a pickup, I will reach for a poetry book and read myself a little poem. It'll bring me so much joy and, and enjoyment and happiness that it will give me that pickup and I can get on with my day. And that's what poetry can do. It can bring you those, that little bit of delight when you read your favourite poem and your children will, will get their own favourites as well. Um, and if you, if, you don't know, if you don't start with your children, then your children will probably end up the same as you. They will probably end up feeling how you feel, intimidated, scared, bored by poetry. But if you start with them at home uh, and you teach them in a way, in an environment that's comfortable and, and loving and in a way that suits them, then they will not miss out on this experience. They will not miss out on falling in love with poetry and words like you did. Um, they will find the joy that comes from hearing beautiful words and, and being moved by those carefully crafted words. And that's what we want for our children. We want them to, to have a better education than we had. And this is one very small way that you can do that. Just one poem a day. So I challenge you, that is your challenge this week, guys. I challenge you to pick up your poetry books, whatever you have at home. If you don't have any, start collecting now and read just one short poem a day. Make it a habit. Make it a part of your homeschooling routine. If you don't homeschool, if your kids go to school, then maybe you can do it before they go to school. Or maybe you can do it, um, you know, when they get back in the evening before they have their dinner. Um, and just read aloud one a day and surely, uh, surely they'll start to, to fall in love with poetry and see the joy that can be taken from it. So if you have any questions, please start to pop them in the comments now and I'll have a scroll through. Um, I've seen somebody here on, yeah, so I've seen somebody on Facebook has been asking about Islamic poetry. The only one that I'm very familiar with is the Burda, uh, which I'm sure many of you will have heard of. Um, that's a very famous poem um, in Arabic, but you can get translations as well. If any of you guys know of Islamic poetry um, that is readily accessible, please as well put it in the comments for me. I would love to hear about it as well. Um, okay, so let's go through Facebook. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. What type of books are in your morning basket? Okay, so I did do a live session all about morning baskets. Um, and you can find that here on Facebook. 
Um, I think it's just called Morning Baskets Explained. I'm not 100%, but it's, I only did it two or three weeks ago. So if you go to the videos tab, you will see it there. And I go through every single thing um, that we include in our morning basket, how we use a morning basket. So please do check that out, sister. Um, is the Christina Rossetti book good for five-year-olds? Yeah, I would say five-year-olds plus, maybe four or five onwards uh, for the Christina Rossetti book, yeah. Uh, Nadia is saying, I don't homeschool, but I follow you because I think we can all apply these tips. Jazakallah khair. Oh, Jazakallah khair, Nadia. Okay. And we've got a few. Oh, yes, that's right. Thank you, sister. So somebody said Mirage Audio have some Islamic poems. That's true. Actually, we do have their app as well. I think it's called, the app is called Mirage Stories. And they're lovely for children under the age of maybe eight, seven or eight. The younger kids, Mirage Audio have some Islamic ones. Walikum salam, Qur'at. Sorry, I missed the start. Um, she's asking if uh, if ch the child is doing English subject, so doing poetry is just part of it, and rest they still have to cover. I'm not sure what you mean. Could you could you rephrase the question, sister, so that I can? Um, I'm not sure I fully understand what you're asking. Sorry. Okay, I'll just go through Instagram now and see if we've got any questions. I should. Um, I did want to point out today that if you like the style of teaching and if you like the way I teach and the way we homeschool then I do have some courses coming out later in the year um, probably in May the first one and that one is going to be focused on for, for people who want to start homeschooling and they don't know how to start and they just need a little bit of guidance to to help them through that initial stage so if you want to start homeschooling uh, and you need some guidance you need some support then I have a course coming out in May um, also, that course will be geared towards people who want to switch from whatever style of homeschool they're doing to apply the, the Charlotte Mason's philosophy into their homeschool. So if you want to switch from whatever you're doing to Charlotte Mason philosophy, then that course would be good for you as well. So I have left the link for that on Facebook under this video. And that is if you just sign up to my mailing list, then when the course details come out, um, the early bird pricing comes out then you will get notified of it first. So when enrollment opens, you'll find out. So if you're interested in any of the courses that I have coming out, please put your email in that um, uh, on that link and then I can let you know when everything's ready. It's going to be after Ramadan, but if you want to get the early bird pricing, that's going to be before Ramadan. So do sign up for that emailing list. Um, so let me have a look here on Instagram. Just scrolling through. Um, seems like I've got a few people joining on Instagram and Facebook at the same time which is interesting I hope that's not because something's cut out somebody's asking is my real name Gemma Elizabeth yes that's my real name <laughs> I converted when I was 19 so that's my name Gemma Elizabeth yeah um Okay, so somebody said, I think as an adult, you have to love poetry also by just reading and enjoying them. Alhamdulillah, children will see the enjoyment you have for poetry. I love reading beautiful poetry to my children. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true that we are, we model um, these things to our children, whether we love anything, whether we love our faith, whether we love, you know, Quran, whether we love poetry, whether we love reading, um, science, TV shopping, anything, we model that to our children and inevitably they will pick pick that up. So that's quite, that's a very good point. Thank you, sister. Um, okay, so sister Nadia has been saying that she's been reading poetry from a book called Poems for the Very Young by Michael Rosson. 
and my kids love it. Oh, thank you for the recommendation. I have heard of him, but I've never tried that book. Thank you, Nadia. Um salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah. Yeah, so Sister Shazia has mentioned the Burda, so that's brilliant. So she's said she has um, Essential Islam have released a beautiful copy of the Burda with an English translation. So that would definitely be something worth checking out. Um, so the Burda is um, it's a poem that praises the Prophet, peace be upon him. And it's said that when the author, um, he when he, he wrote that poem, he was paralyzed. And then he went to sleep. And in that dream, he saw the Prophet, peace be upon him. Uh, and we know from our tradition that when you see the Prophet, peace be upon him, in your dream, that that's really him. And in that dream, the Prophet draped his cloak over him. And then when the author woke up, um, he was cured. He was no longer paralyzed. Um, and so that poem is said to be very powerful and very pleasing to the Prophet, peace be upon him. And if it's pleasing to the Prophet, then we know that it's pleasing to Allah. Um, so, yes, if you check, want to check that out. Rumi's poetry. Ah, I hadn't thought about Rumi. Yeah, very good. Yeah, Rumi's poetry someone is suggesting. Um, okay, so I think that's all the questions that we've got. Um, I just Oh, we've got a few more popping in on Facebook. The Lost Words has an online activity book. Oh, thank you, Susan. I didn't know that. So Lost Words, this humongous book, um, apparently there's an activity book that goes along with that as a PDF on their website. So we'll have to check that out. Um, poetry book that you said for four-year-olds. Um, they're all linked um, beneath this video if you're on Facebook. I think the one that I mentioned was the one by Christina Rossetti. Um, but even uh, Mother Goose as well for four-year-olds. Um, even this book, which is all the silver pennies for four-year-olds. That would work really well. Um, so somebody's asking, would poetry help them in with their English? Yes, poetry will help with their English. It's not why we do poetry. It's not why I focus so much on poetry. But if you include poetry in their homeschooling, then it will help them to master the English language, especially if poetry is not your first language. Poetry definitely will help with that. Um, thank you, Susan, for answering someone's questions. That's really helpful. Um, so one question apart from poetry, during homeschool, my kids interact with a select crowd of kids and families. So there isn't, isn't that like we're keeping them in a shell? How will they know there is bad in the world outside and how will they learn to deal with it? I think that your children will soon find out that there's bad in the world. And by keeping them in, um, a little bubble when they're young, especially, um, will help them to identify what is good and what is bad. You know, it, it helps them to, how can I articulate this? They will identify themselves with those good people that you surround them with. That is their crowd. That's who they are. You know, our friends have a very big impact on, on who we grow up to be. And your children are now identifying themselves as good kids. Good kids that like, you know, whatever it is that those kids like that they're surrounded by. I hope good things, right? When they go out into the world, they will have plenty of time to meet people who do things that don't align with their faith, don't align with the way that they've been brought up. And what you're doing by surrounding them with good company now is you're giving them a solid foundation. They know who they are. They know what is right. They know what is wrong. And so when you do let them out in the world, they can recognize what is wrong. Um, I think it's really important that kids have 
friends that are from different faiths because I think it's important for children to create um, an understanding of different people and different races and different religions and everything. But I think it's also important that they're close friends that are people who are like them and have strong morals and um, and strong beliefs. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Um, it's a big topic, actually. Maybe we could do a whole session on something like that. Uh, yeah, so I think that's all the questions. Um, someone's saying here they take their kids to poetry night. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Mashallah. Wish we had something like that here. That sounds amazing. Okay, so I'm going to end that there. Remember, if you're interested in the courses I have coming up, um, then you will want to add your email to my mailing list. If you're already subscribed to my mailing list, then you'll get all the info anyway. But if you're not, please click on that link and sign up. If you're on Instagram, just head over to my website, ourmuslimhomeschool.com forward slash blog. And you'll see a bit there where you enter in your email. Pop your email there. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors again, wordunited.com for sponsoring today's episode. And, you know, if you want to go back and watch any of these episodes, make sure you head over to my website, ourmuslimhomeschool.com, and you'll find all the episodes there, or to the blog, or to the podcast, um, Raising Mums, and you can watch them there. I will be back next Sunday at 10 a.m. once again um, to talk about, well, it's to be announced. I have not finalised it, but I will be answering one of the questions that I frequently get asked um, and I will let you all know on Facebook and Instagram what that's going to be. But I will be back on Sunday at 10 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time live again. Thank you to everyone who's joined me live. Um, thank you to everyone on Facebook and Instagram. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the comments and support I get. Um, and I will see you next week. <laughs> Have a great Sunday. Assalamu alaikum.